2: From MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the
1: Links. And now, your host, Mike
3: Heck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a very special edition of Between the Links here on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. No, we are not video this week. Yes, I am on vacation this week, but I couldn't leave you guys hanging because. It's a very exciting time in the world of mixed martial arts. And I know there's not a lot of events going on. We do have the Bellator versus Rising card coming up on New Year's Eve. The UFC calendar year has come to a close. And you may be thinking to yourself, why is it so exciting? Why, why is this an exciting time? It's because it's award season here in the world of mixed martial arts. And here at MMAFighting.com we take this very, very seriously. So what we're doing for the third year in a row... We're doing our annual year-end awards preview show here on Between the Links. I am Mike Hack, and joining me, it's just an honor and a privilege once again to be reunited with my best friend, fellow co-host of On to the Next One, the mind, one of the minds behind the MMA Fighting Global Rankings, the only rankings that matters, the man just does it all, Mr. Alexander K. Lee. Happy holidays, A.K.,
4: Hello my best friend. Amazing to hear from you. Everyone is asking me, where's Mike? Where is Mike? And I just, you know, I don't want to reveal your exact location. I told them I had to send you an emergency no point. Uh, I said, I told people don't ask questions. I don't know what he needs it for. I know he's been partying pretty hard out there. Uh, I said you might have gotten up to some White Lotus-esque shenanigans. But again, purely speculation. Did not want to, you know, make any statements here or there. Uh, but I'm glad you're doing okay. People are like, people are have been hearing from you, and great, great episode of Heck of a Morning we had this week. And uh, the people are excited, Mike. They're excited to have you back.
3: Well, it's good. I'm not really back, but I'm back for this. Yes, uh, I'll be traveling. Florida, Mike will be making an appearance in a few days, so I'm very excited for that. Even though they're calling for the coldest temperatures ever in Florida for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and uh, in, in some of the days following. So not really looking forward to that, but you know, sometimes you just need to detach ourselves from the wonderful world and mixed martial arts, but we can't completely detach ourselves. So what we're going to do is we are going to give our top five nominees for the awards we're going to be giving away starting Christmas Day. Uh, the awards we're going to be giving away are for the Fight of the Year, Knockout of the Year, Submission of the Year, fighter of the year and the rookie of the year. Okay. And I know just to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit, there's been kind of a conversation about that rookie of the year award. Do we sure. continue doing rookie of the year or do we go back to the breakthrough or breakout fighter of the year? Because when we did my first year doing awards in MA fighting, we did the breakout fighter of the year. It went to Hamzat Shemaev, and people were pissed. People were calling for my resignation because I wrote that article. Even though I voted for Kevin Holland to win Breakout Fighter of the Year over Hamzat Shemaev, people were not happy about that. And we decided, you know what? Maybe we just take all of that out of, the, out of play. And we'll just do Rookie of the Year where we take a fighter who signed with a major promotion in that year, and it could be UFC, Bellator, PFL, what have you, and we would vote based on that for the second straight year doing Rookie of the Year. How do you feel about this? Are you okay with this, or were you on Team? Let's just go back to Breakout.
4: I will say it worked out better this year. Uh, I was much more in favor of Breakout for the longest time. I just feel it gives you more options. I think it leads to more exciting uh, things that you can write about. Again, with respect to Casey O'Neill, our our twenty twenty one twenty twenty one yes, our twenty twenty one winner. Of rookie of the year. Uh sorry, uh, yeah, rookie of the year. And again, someone who could be a, a future title contender. So She's gonna have a great career. She had a great first year in the UFC. Uh I don't know. There was something about that that selection that just it didn't excite me. I just was it didn't like thrill me. Um I have to see our our other um people hear me typing here. Our other choices. Uh who else was on that list, twenty twenty one? I felt like it wasn't like Haushman feel, okay. Bruno Silva, <laughs> fine. Usman <laughs> Magomedov, that turned out pretty well I guess uh and then Menafyo. So not not like a bad list but even even counting Usman, even counting Menalfiero, like our four and five choices who have you know continued to have great success. Um I don't know. It, it didn't excite me this year though. We actually had like a ton of good options. And this was just looking at the UFC. I may I may have neglected some Bellator rookies, so I apologize to Bellator, but just going by UFC rookies, we had like so many good choices. I think it came down to like I, I, I you know we like you said Mike we're doing Our five, uh, our top fives. I think I had like seven really strong, like worthy names, um, which was not the case last year. Last year was almost like I had three strong ones, and then like I felt like I had to pick like pick and choose like two others. Uh, This was it worked out much better this year. So I will say uh, we can keep doing rookie, uh, especially considering how many fight cards the UFC puts on now, plus Bellator, plus other promotions. Yeah, we shouldn't have too difficult of a choice finding. Finding fighters who had notable big show uh, debuts, big show uh, you know campaigns. So uh, okay, I'm I'm fine with it, Mike. I've settled. I'm fine with it because we got some really really good ones this year.
3: Other Farves for that award last year, Ooh. maybe some names you recognize: Patty Pimblett, uh, Alex I've, Pereira. I've,
4: I've, I have you and I, I. You and I don't talk about Patty Pimblett enough. I I want to say that for 2023, my <laughs> vow is: you and I, we need to talk about Patty Pimblett more. Did. We just don't yes. talk
3: Alex Pereira, Terrence McKinney, Aaron Blanchfield, oh, yeah. Loopy Godinez, Chris Barnett, Gregory Rodriguez, mm-hmm. Ian Gary, and Jeff Molina were also farves for rookie think, of the year in twenty twenty
4: one. And these are all good names. I think a lot of these names though were like only had two fights or something. I think I think that's the, the, my issue was is like I think a lot of them were like two and zero or two and one. Loopy fought like ten times. I don't remember, except for Loopy, she fought like ten times, <laughs> yeah. but. I remember like there I just felt like there wasn't enough for me to get like super it was like 2 and 0. Oh. I think a lot of these guys were 2 and 0. Oh, maybe a few 3 and 0 oh people in there. I think a lot of them were 2 and 0. Oh. This year, I think several people on my list are 3 and 0 oh, uh or at least 2 and 0 oh in a really exciting way. Anyway, but anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But yeah, good great names on last year's list. Um I just didn't uh again, I wanted to see more of them and I think we saw a lot more of the names that I have this year.
3: I agree. So, where do you want to start, AK? W- w- which one do you want to start with first? Do you want to? Don't we were talking start about right rookie. At the top. Want to start right at the top, or do, the to or do you want to build?
4: Do you want to build? Do you want to build? We them? can do whatever
3: we want. You can pick the first one. I'll pick the second one. We'll just we'll just party on.
4: We're already talking rookie. I mean, it just feels like we just feels like we have to, doesn't it?
3: All right, yeah, and again, like you noted, a lot of interesting names that could have gone into this. I feel like this is a two-horse race, maybe a three-horse race, depending on who you talk to, but there were some other intriguing names in here. So I'm curious, who are your top five nominees for Rookie of the Year? All right, well,
4: I'll start at number one. I mean, I had to go with uh, my man, Jalton Almeida. I mean, this dude is ridiculous. I wish we had gotten to see him fight more. Uh, they keep trying to book him with Shamil Abdurakhimov and... God willing, that fight will actually happen. Uh, It's supposed to happen in January now. Fingers crossed. um, Because he only managed to go... Oh, he still went 3-0. That's right. Okay, I completely completely forgot almost about the uh, Danilo Marquez fight, which was at uh, light heavyweight. Before he's made this apparently permanent move to heavyweight. It sounds like he wants to win a title in this division first before uh, possibly dropping back down. Um, But yeah, so impressive. Has the grappling that we always want to see in a future champion uh three and zero. Oh, yeah Danilo Marquez first round finish Parker Porter first round finish and uh first round finish of Anton Turcali the pleasure man so when you beat the pleasure man you're pretty much a lock I mean if that had been his only fight he might have been a lock anyway to be the number one rookie of the year but yeah he just looks like he has all the tools um he's in that right spot he's 31 so he's not like super young but he's got that right mixture of youth uh experience he's almost 20 pro MMA fights Again, when you see him fight, he just looks like a champion. Um, I, 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 I will. I'm sure people will nitpick. Oh well, who has he beaten? You know, Dylan Marquez, Parker Porter, Tokali, Like, not a murderous row of people. But again, we're t- we're talking rookie year. If he if he had beaten at any any higher level of competition, I mean, he might have made it my top five for fighter of the year. But just as far as rookie as being a, um, you know, t- taking care of business with what he's been booked against in his first year in the UFC, amazing, amazing. Uh, first campaign and I really think he'll be fighting for a title sooner rather than later. This and and I and I think winning. I'm I'm picking him to win a title at heavyweight or light heavyweight.
3: I like it. Who else you got?
4: Uh we'll go to touch upon the others. Uh, second place, I mean easily could have been number one. Mohamed Makayev, a man that many have touted as a potential two division champion. They think he's a, his fly weight is all but guaranteed. Again, same with Almeida, great grappling Hasn't had the same uh, finishing ability. I think he's also fought tougher competition than Jalton Almeida. So that's a reason to. So even though he doesn't have the highlights, that certainly would be a reason to give him the nod. I went with sort of the flash. And and also who's probably going to get to the title sooner. I think Almeida will. Makayev is so young. Um, Again, just comparing my top two choices. He's like ten nine years younger than Almeida. So if they want to take things slow with Mikhaev, they absolutely can. You might not see him fight for a title until twenty twenty four. So I think it gets there sooner. That might be the only difference. I'm all in on my number three choice, Mike, Raul Rosas Jr. I don't know. Like listen, I get it. I, I, I should also add, I'm giving him points for fights outside of the UFC. I think he went what did he do? Like seven and zero this year.
3: Seven, like, yeah. Oh outside this year. Crazy. I'm
4: sorry, I'm sorry. It's, uh, Six and no, oh. six and no. Oh, yeah, he made his pro debut late, late 2021, and then said, "I'm going to the UFC now. Give me fights." Um, the competition, whatever. Again, we're talking about zero and zero people, two and zero oh people. That's fine. Again, he's 17. He was 17 years old when he was fighting these people. He was one 0 oh, 2 and zero oh himself. So it's the right level of competition. And did what you're supposed to do when you're a top prospect uh, who's this highly touted. He ran through these guys. All finishes before his contender series appearance dominates jay pair and a guy who's uh, got a uh, quite a bit more experience than him so all top three of my guys i get it there's just people who took care of business but they did it so impressively and again uh raul Rosa's getting extra points for uh five and oh again before uh, in 2022 before making his uc debut so maybe i cheated a little there didn't wasn't just ufc fights i was counting for uh, rrj but um i had to put him high on the list very high on him uh michael morales again unfortunately couldn't get into the cage a third time this year but super impressive um Another guy who I think is going to be a contender in his division, and someone who I maybe could have put higher, I think he's going to be higher on your list, Mike. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena. I mean, just so exciting, insane knockout power. Uh, he's he's going to he's he says he's fighting Li Jingliang in uh, uh, early next year. I know that's not confirmed yet, but um, if he gets that fight, boy, he could be jumping up real real fast in the welterweight division. And again, a guy who could be an early candidate for. Uh, uh, 2023 fighter of the year consideration if he gets that Lee fight, if he beats Lee, and depending what other names he can get. So um, Almeida, Makaev, uh, Rosas Jr., Morales, and
3: Della Madalena. it's a good list. Um, let me pull mine up real quick. Rookie, Jelton Almeida, number one, JDM, number two, Mohamed Bahaev number three, Raul Rosas Jr., number four. I mean... Yeah. It's hard not to put him in there with the impact this kid made. Um, Number five, Yasmin Yurugi gets the number five spot. I I mean, talk about someone coming in super young with a lot of talent, not a ton of buzz coming in. Remember when this fight, it was the battle of the the Yasmin's or the Jasmins at (laughs) UFC San Diego, and we're just like, why is this on the main card? I don't really get it. (laughs) And then these two just got after it and they had a tremendous fight and Yargi won and people were very excited to see her again. And then she fights again at UFC Orlando struggles a little bit with the Stella Nunez had some problems, got stung a little bit in the first round, overcame it and got a nice finish in round two. A lot of excitement around her in a division that let's be honest, it was, it's, it's a division that doesn't really let you down, but it's also the division that needs a fresh coat of paint in a lot of ways, in terms of up-and-coming superstars. I feel like Flyweight has become one of those divisions. I feel like Bantamweight is just kind of what it is. But Strawweight kind of need a little bit of a boost. Like, there's some big names and there's some fun fights, but I feel like Yasmin's one of those fighters who can provide that boost. I'm really excited to see what she can do in 2023. So that's why uh, she got the number five spot, AK.
4: Yeah, yeah, Yasmin's definitely one of the names that uh, made my final seven. It would have been her and probably... Kayo Baraglio, I feel like we're snubbing Kayo pretty badly. Miss, Mr. Co-main event. Uh he did, I think he was in yeah, three. Yeah, a good one too. Or two two two, I want to say two Fight Night Co-main events and like a was he on Pay-Per-View? How did Kayo Did Kayo make a make a Pay-Per-View? Not a Co-main obviously, but did Kayo end up the mis, Mr uh I don't want to say fake co-main, but he did end up in some co-mains that I believe I said, Yeah. So yeah. two two co-main events, Fight Nights, nice. well done. Good exposure there. And then was on the under uh, the prelims, excuse me, of the uh, yeah UFC 280. So very nice first campaign for Kyle. I think if he had gotten some finishes and against good competition too, that's the other thing. So I think if we had if he had gotten some finishes, maybe just finish one of these guys because we know he can. Like he's got he's so skilled on the ground, um, and really pretty well rounded. I think he would have cracked our top fives, but he was just kind of missing that signature moment. Uh. Tetsuro Taira just kind of got lost in the Muhammad-Makayev yeah. uh, wave. You're kind of picking one flyweight. It's going to be uh, Makayev. And uh, Fakretinov, I think we had done voting before the most recent... Or, or we'd done a lot of preliminary at least thinking before the most recent um, fight. And uh, I'm, I think he'd be a nice sleeper pick. He wouldn't make my top five, but definitely um, uh, Renat uh, Fakhretinov needs some mention because he looks like he could be a contender at uh, at 170.
3: Completely agree. I like all those picks. Rookie was a a fun one this year. It was, yeah, really. Yeah. The NBA
0: playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down.
3: Let's go to submission of the year. I'll go to submission of the year, AK. We're, we're building our way up. Uh, my top five, I feel like, again, this is kind of a two-horse race. This was, and I feel like we're going to feel the same way with the knockout of the year. It's the spot and the moment and what it meant over the actual submission itself. So that's how I voted. To me, Yuri Perhashka submitting Glover Teixeira is just so ridiculous and it makes no sense at all based on what that fight looked like on paper. But considering Yuri Prahashka was less than a minute away from losing that fight to Glover Teixeira, it, it was such a crazy fight, a crazy round. For him to just wrap up a crazy rear-naked choke the way that he did to win the belt, it's my number one. It's absolutely my number one. Now, the other horse in the race was Jessica Andraj with that crazy submission of Amanda Lamosh. understand why people would have voted that number one, but to me, I just think Yuri's was just so much more impactful. Number three, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. That was just absolutely nuts. Not a lot of people were giving Charles a chance to win that fight. A lot of people were picking Justin Gaethje. And especially with the weight miss, they felt like Charles Oliveira, maybe his head wasn't in the game. Crazy fight. Oliveira overcomes a lot of adversity, gets the submission. Number four, Tommy Aspinall against Alexander Volkov. What a moment at UFC London. Number five, we're going to Bellator, the Buggy Choke, Oliver Encamp versus Mark Leminger. I feel like Buggy Choke, big event, big promotion, deserves to be in the top five. But I feel like there's a number of different ways you can go for three, four, and five on this one. But I feel like one and two, it's those two, no matter what order you have them in. What say you?
4: Uh, Andraja didn't make my list.
3: Really? Wow. Didn't make my list.
4: Didn't make my list. I will say, I think every year – I could be wrong. I think submission has the most like the widest range of uh like mentions it's like like uh, you know, any like, honorable mentions because it's such a dip diff- because you find so many weird, crazy submissions on the regional scene, on the international scene that you've like never seen before. I definitely went like bizarro with uh with some of my uh picks this here. I, I strayed from most of the main promotions. Well that's not true. No, I have like a one from each of the main promotions and then some weird ones. Um and, and it's hard. It's hard because you wanna uh, quality of competition matters. Especially uh, so since I agree with you, I went with Forhatchka. I mean, it won him a UFC title. Uh, he choked out a BJJ black belt, one of the best uh, BJJ guys in the light heavyweight division. Uh, fatigue might have had something to do with it. I mean, this is the most insane five round championship fight we've ever seen. I wonder if to share at that point is just looking for any way out. Uh, and and uh, certainly having a, a large checkmans uh, bicep across your throat would be a good reason too. I would think, as any, to tap out. Um, but it, it, it is not a choke the way that for put it on. They will, they will not be teaching that in jujitsu classes. Uh, Mike, it's not how, it's not a textbook choke, but I mean, my God, what a dramatic moment. What a way to win a fight. Uh, and so unexpected. I can't remember what the odds were. It was something like minus, I don't know, 3000 for hotchka win by submission. Something like that. I'm oh, sorry. Plus 3000. Uh, so I have no problem putting that number one. That's where quality of competition and moment comes in. But if we're talking like technique and like strangeness, man, I had, there was just so many fun options. So number two for me was uh, Stevie Ray tapping on Anthony Pettis. Um, I don't know. I get. I know finishing Pettis isn't like the huge feather in the cap that it used to be. I still think he's one of the toughest guys to put away. So for Stevie Ray to win was such a cool, like weird, you know, twister variation. Th- I still don't remember what it was called. Um, was awesome. Uh, what was this? Luca Poklitz and Dante Shiro. So you went with the with uh, what was it, Oliver Endcamp and. Um, Mark Leminger. Sure. Mark Leminger. So that's that okay, a good yep. one from Bellator. Yeah, I picked one from Bellator. I went with Pokelet and uh, Shiro. I just never seen whatever the hell choke that he put on him. You, people listening, please, you can you can find these clips. They're on YouTube. I think I'm pretty sure Bellator threw this one up there. Uh, just a very bizarre choke, which I had never seen before. Um, and I would get it if you people just go like, oh, it's some Bellator prelim. Why does it matter? That's fine. But for me, the, the execution was so crazy. Uh, fourth, uh, so this is... Again, I, I went with you know, something I'd never seen before, which is I rarely see someone straight up choked unconscious by a Gogo plata. I've seen many Gogo Plata submissions, but a chokeout is rare, unless we're talking about the Undertaker, who choked out many people with his horrible, horrible Gogo plata in the WWE. <laughs> so uh Joyce Joyce Imara's uh submission of Isabella de Padua, this was happened this past March at a Brazilian fighting series show. Uh, is pretty amazing. You guys can find that on Miss Fists uh, on MMAfight. or again, the clip is just out there. And then I had to go with another weird one for my fifth choice: Leonardo Casotti submitting Mahmoud Mando with a calf slicer. Now, Mike, I don't know if have have you seen this one, uh, Casotti Mando calf slicer. No, I have okay. not actually. Do you remember how what Roman Delice was doing to Jack Hermanson? Like he had like his leg, you know, twisted into his body, like as like a pro wrestling, like STF. Yep uh except he ended it with a tko he ended up you know, punching him out uh so mando actually uh, sorry uh Cassati, excuse me actually finished like he actually won via cast like he bended the leg and he was almost going to put on like a john cena like stf on him i think uh but but he got the cap slicer i love cap slicers i'm a sucker for them so this had to make my list this was one of the nastiest looking cast slicers i've ever seen and i thought i wouldn't see anything like it until like literally like a week later or two weeks later the uh the roman delice thing happened so uh very cool variation of this move i i love it part of me doesn't want to see people doing it again because i think it's again it was like someone's leg just getting torn into a million pieces um but for now i i will just enjoy it for what it is so that was fifth on my list sorry Jessica got i'm sorry that was a sixth omission. i'm sorry i just i don't know i'm a ufc hater i don't know what to say mike
3: hey listen can't can't get mad at that um all right, you you go. Where are we going
4: next? All right, you know what? Again, submission. You got to go. Care. You got to go. Submission. You got to go to KO. Uh, I'll I'll tell you my my number one first, Mike, and then and then you can give me your list. Uh, the two horse race you're talking about. I don't know how good I feel about this pick. I have seen the rest of our staff's picks. I should say I won't spoil what our list is going to be like. But I know most people did not agree with me. I just love the visual of the Michael Chandler, um, Tony Ferguson front kick KO. I think it's the new best front kick KO of all time. It feels like th- like that's a list that gets updated pretty frequently. Even after the Anderson Silva, Vitor Belfort one, wasn't uh, Machida and Couture like the same year or within the same 12, like 12, within, the, within a, a year, within 12 months. And I'm like, oh, the Machida one's even better. Like the Machida one's even better than the Anderson Silva one. And then every year we get a new one. I feel comfortable saying like this Michael Chandler one which, again, I think is now the best front kick knockout of all time. I think it's been a while before this one gets dethroned, if ever. This, this, is, this was amazing.
3: I can't, like, I'm not mad at you. Because, let's, again, much like Prohashka winning submission of the year, Chandler's KO was the best of the year. Like, it was the best KO. It just, it meant nothing. Like it meant literally nothing. It was just two. Dude, it was two dudes fighting. That's all it was. There were very little stakes. Probably more so for Tony Ferguson. Ferguson had a great first round, and then Chandler lands that kick. It's the best knockout of the year, hundred percent. But is the is it the knockout of the year for award? To me, it's 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 Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman because it's it's not just the knockout. It was everything that that surrounded it as well. It was just the way that fight went. It's, again, final minute. Leon was done. No one expected it. John Anik leads it in. Dean Thomas gave his thoughts. Leon's done. And I actually agreed with him. The body language was awful. Joe Rogan said what he said. And then Anik with the beautiful call. And then, boom, upside your head. New champion, out of nowhere. Like, literally... Leon Edwards' title hopes were gone. Like, if that, if that kick doesn't land and that fight plays out to the final horn, Leon's never, ever, ever getting another UFC title shot. And with less than a minute to go, flap, gets it done out of nowhere. Just everything about it was a magical moment. It's one of the best KOs ever because of all of that mixed into it. Like aesthetically, it, in an island, just oh, I mean, we've seen many head kicks, but just with everything on the line, how it all went to be, the seeds were kind of planted and it just bloomed into this. It bloomed into the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Plaza, my man. Like it, it, with the lights attached to it, it was just a beautiful sight. And to me, that's number one. But Chandler Ferguson's clearly number two for me.
4: The the more I talk about it and the more I think about it, I just don't. I do not feel good about my pick. I don't. Feel- <laughs> I'm not changing it. I'm not because listen, uh one thing and uh, being in the MMA media means never having to say you're sorry or admit that you're wrong. And I that I will stand by that. Uh no, I, I agree. Uh just and, and it was so clean too. It's not like he knocked him down. It's not like he hit the head kick and had to like go in for ground and pound follow up. It was like it was a legitimate like fifth round walk off, you know, I'm now the UFC champion. I just turned I just completely changed the narrative of my entire career with one strike is unbelievable. Um, I think I, I will say uh, I was also, th- this is probably in, in the moment thing. I was watching Taron versus Ferguson when it happened, Edwards versus Usman. I didn't hear about till like the next morning. I was, I was in Scotland. I was vacationing. So unfortunately right. I missed, I missed the moment. I rewatched the fight. I tried to kind of put myself in that mindset, um, but it's never quite the same as being there. Right. So I guess I'm favoring the one I watched live uh as uh as subjective as that sounds but yeah it's really hard to to separate these two but yeah you can't i mean if edwards versus usman does end up being you know number one on our on our consensus list how can anyone argue that i have a feeling it won't just be our list but sort of the entire mma community uh are going to be putting that at the top it was uh I, I, I almost still can't believe it mike maybe that's the other part is i don't believe it actually <laughs> yeah. happens i can't yeah. believe it but that's your number two though right that is my number two yeah
3: but now we get interesting. Three, four, and five, because mm-hmm. there's, a, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great choices. Uh, what's your three, four, and five?
4: Uh, I'm gonna go with Zhang Wei Li uh, ending the Joanna uh, Jacek rematch with just a ridiculous spinning attack. Uh, Irene Aldana Macy Chiasan just because we had never seen that before. Uh, I don't know how many other I think only one oh, other person one. put this on their list. It, I mean look, it, not the most aesthetically like pleasing knockout and actually a little confusing at first. I think when I first saw it, I think I just thought like she hasn't gotten injured somehow. Like she was standing over or she had injured her knee or something like that. I did not realize it had been a heel to the to the stomach, to the liver uh that took her out. That that a, a body shot, a legitimate body shot knockout. Did not occur to me at the time. So maybe, I, I in retrospect, it's gotten only better. In the moment, it was just a little strange. And then uh, Manny... Was it Manny Akpan? i got to make sure I'm getting these names right. Um, again, I'm going outside of the major promotions. Manny Akpan hitting just a, a stupidly insane uh, spinning wheel kick of Connor Hitchens at Cage Warriors 136 in April. Uh, again... I don't care about, oh, is this a low-stakes fight? Are these two, are, are these two guys ever, you know, major prospects contenders? Doesn't matter. Just aesthetically speaking, maybe the best knockout of the year. Uh, I, I went pretty viral, so I think anyone listening will know what I'm talking about. Of course, uh, seek that one out. This was with Cage Warrior, so it wasn't some no-name promotion. This 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 finish got out there. Um, so Manny Akpan, uh you get my fifth spot, sir.
3: Good list. Uh, I have Zhang Weili Yohana as number four. Mm. Uh, Love that knockout. Number five, uh, Molly McCann, Luana Carolina. Just, again, it was just one of those crazy moments. Everything just kind of built up to it. Molly talked all week about wanting to get that first knockout. Uh, Jed Mishu cashing a big third-round KO, TKO ticket on Molly McCann. Uh, The crowd was on fire. It was just amazing. Uh, My number three... Might be a stunner to some people, but it was just so ferocious going back and watching it. Ilya Taporia knocking out Jai Herbert at UFC London was just insane. At 155, up a weight class, Jai hurts Ilya early. We're just like, mm, maybe he's just too small to fight at this division. And then Teporia just lands one punch, and I thought Jai Herbert was dead. Like, I thought he killed him. With his one punch. Because the way he went down, he was down for a long time. Just a filthy, disgusting knockout. So that's my bronze medalist right there. Ilya Teporia, Jai Herbert, uh, UFC London, Okay. I feel a little...
4: <clears throat> excuse me. I feel a, that, that was amazing. Ilya Teporia had a hell of a year. I feel a little bad about not having Molly on there. Because we were... When it happened at the time, we were saying that's the greatest knockout we've seen in a, in a women's MMA fight. I, I almost feel like I had to choose between her and Zhang. Which is which is silly, which is silly, because if there was two like crazy front kick knockouts, I probably would have put them both on. Um, but you know, both two spinning elbow knockouts, I was like, mm, I really only feel comfortable putting on one. Uh, so since I want to give love to Aldana, I want to give love to Akpan. So uh, yeah, I, if people have both Zhang's spinning knockout on the list and Molly McCann's, I don't blame them. It's like that year, Mike. Um, who are the two guys who had Sulov stretches? Algermain. Algermain had a Sulov stretch finish of like Cody Stamen. Yeah. And it was it was on the same card, I think. It was like it was like two cards on the same card. It was. We? Oh, I forget. And I can't remember the other one. Um but I think both of them ended up on MMA Fighting's uh submission of the year list, which I thought was like a bit weird. And I I, I remember on my list I only put one, I believe. Uh but again, if they're both great just cuz they're the same move, how can you keep them off? So my apologies to Molly McCann. Your spinning elbow probably should be on here. It shouldn't be an either or with Zhang, but um th- that's kind of how I looked at uh kind of looked how, i think it might be how i made a few a few things on my list actually but
3: anyway. was it zabit
4: it was a yeah 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 Zabit yeah yeah i think okay. zabit did it first i want to say zabit did it first and then Aljo did it later and we was like wow that's wild
3: <laughs> yeah and you might as well eh, yeah i don't know i don't remember who did it first but i remember it was like it was another example of like Aljo feeling like he didn't get enough love yeah because, yeah yeah People were talking about the and I was just like, wait a minute, I did the same
4: I did it too. What are you talking about? And I think he beat a tougher I think he beat a tougher he beat Cody Staman it was he yeah, was him and Cody Stamen, right? So I think he got like a yeah. tougher, tougher opponent. But uh yeah, but I think they Zabitz, both made Brandon
3: da- Brandon Davis, maybe something like
4: that. Who's okay, but he gets finished quite a bit. Um Yeah. But uh yeah, and I think they both made our our fight our submission of the year list. So um yeah. So that should have that maybe that'll happen here too. I I'm I'm actually not sure. All
3: right, we'll say Fighter of the Year for last. I'll go with I'll go with the fight of the year. Uh, I again, two horse race depends on your tastes, but to me, it's it's Yuri versus Glover. There's just no way around it. Like that's just the most. It's the most ridiculous fight I probably have ever seen. There have been more technical masterpieces and crazy fights throughout the history of the UFC, but I've just never seen an emotional roller coaster ride like Brahashka versus Tashera. It's just five rounds of dudes of one dude almost finishing the other. The other getting out of it and almost finishing the other guy. It's just insane. It's a fight that I would show any fan or any person who's like, why do you watch this crap? I would show them this fight and be like, this is why this fight by itself in a, in a vacuum is exactly why. Number two, it's Hamza Chemaev versus Gilbert Burns. I was not in the arena for that fight. I was in the build. I actually was in the building, but I wasn't watching it cage side. I was in the back watching with the media other media members. We were all going insane and it was like an earthquake struck the building cuz like the way the fans were reacting to it, the whole media room was like shaking. It was just it was unbelievable. And that fight was incredible. Showed that Hamza Chamayev is actually a human being and he he bleeds his own blood, AK. Okay? It's possible to actually get this guy in some sort of trouble. Uh so that's number 2. Number 3 is probably my favorite fight of the year, it's the fight that I've watched the most in 2022. It's Matush Gamrot versus Armand Saroukian. That main event was incredible. I've watched it probably 30 times this year. If I'm at the gym and I'm struggling to like get through cardio, I will just put that fight on and it'll get me going. And I will just run through a wall. Uh, I still believe to this day Sarukian should have won that fight. I believe he won. There's not one watch that I thought Gamrot won that fight, but it's just incredible to watch the swings of that one. That's my number three. My number four happened in January and probably isn't getting enough love in these lists. It's the trilogy fight between Davis and Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. Love that fight from UFC 270. I actually thought Moreno won that fight, but just seeing the difference, the different Davis and Figueredo in that fight, as opposed to the other two fights. It was just like night and day. It was great to watch. And number five, it didn't get out of the first round, but golly, was it entertaining. Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje gets my number five spot, AK. What a ridiculous round that was. Yeah, uh,
4: I love that fight. That is in at my number two. Uh, Oliveira Gaethje, so so much fun. I, I feel bad I couldn't put the third uh, Moreno-Figueredo fight on there. Uh, that was a super, super enjoyable fight. You're right, maybe it's because it happened in, uh, you know, Beginning of the year, I'm, I'm forgetting about it. But um, number one, could not deny for Hachika Teixeira. Mike, MMA is supposed to be fun. Uh, we we know this. MMA is supposed to be fun. Uh, and I can't remember the last time I had more fun watching a fight, a championship fight for sure. Uh, we can be a little cynical these days. We can be a little jaded, but my goodness. I'm just going back. I actually was scrolling up and looking back at our commentary our our Slack commentary and we are just all over the place. We don't know, like we can't tell what's going on. Casey says Yuri is the dumbest fighter ever. I love it. Uh, I called for Hosco pillow hands for Hosko for some reason. I'm not sure what was going on there. In New York Rick uh, Glover can't retire because we got to see this again. Steven Morocco was just saying my word just. <laughs> followed and then followed by you saying why all calf with four exclamation points i'm sure i think someone was jumping oh uh, someone was jumping a gilly. i think at some point <laughs> glover uh, glover yeah we were all over the place and just in complete disbelief when uh when glover tapped out so such a fun fight people again people can nitpick all they want okay you know maybe it wasn't either guy's best performance ever uh, maybe at times it, it was it was comical. It was almost comical how sloppy it was, but that's a fight, man. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Is like is that even at the highest level, with two guys, you have an elite striker, one of the best strikers in the world, in Yuri, one of the best grapplers in the world, in Glover Shara Once a fight starts happening and just becomes a fight, anything can happen, man. It is it is. It comes down to grit. It comes down to who wants it more. I don't see anyone can hate on that. And then. You know, Fajtka just outlasted them. That's why we were so excited to see them fight again twice in the same year. We were so, we, Mike. We were, we were possibly depending how the rematch went. They could have been the number one and number two fight of the year spots. We, that was in play before the rematch was cruelly taken away from us. So uh, I love this fight. I will watch it a million times. It's so 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 good and so fun. And if you'll complain about it being sloppy, well, you just you just watch a different sport because. This is what MMA is about to me. Um, as I said, Oliveira Ikechi, number two. Uh, number three, Cito Gan versus Ty Tuivasa. Again, fun, 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 fun. And for me, some vindication because I had been saying I really think Tuivasa is a legit top three guy. Um, could fight for a title someday. I don't know if that's going to happen now, of course, now back-to-back losses. But going into that fight, I'm like, win or lose, Tuivasa could fight for a title someday. And he brought that to Cyril Gone. I mean, it, it, we knew Cyr- We all thought Cyril was going to win. I thought he'd have a hard time of it. I do not know if he, I think he'd have that hard of a time with Tuivasa legitimately rocking him. But it may. It also brought out the best in Gone and that was that was fun to see. And uh, another listen. Let's go French again for my number four pick. A little obscure here from an Aries uh, fighting championship event in April. Freddy Camayo versus Xavier Lesue. This fight in its entirety is available on, uh, I don't know, I think it's on YouTube or social media or on the dark web, but look it up, Camayo versus Lasu. Six minutes of just complete nonsense. Uh, two guys, experienced fighters, I think, in kickboxing, not in MMA, and just complete slot fest, and it is so hilarious <laughs> and so fun uh it, it is it is one of those unbelievable fights where you just you think it's going to end in like 45 seconds and somehow extends to six minutes and just doesn't stop um and the winner is really the survivor more than anything else so really fun fight and then uh Mike, i couldn't leave off gamrod and Surukyan. i said this is this is a my best friend approved fight of the year candidate if you think i am leaving this off my fight of the year list then you don't know what you're talking about. Because my, my, my best friend says it's great. I watched it again. I'm like, this fight is sensational. Just the high, highest, highest, highest level of competition in what many consider to be the toughest uh, division in all of MMA. Um, two guys who should be fighting for titles sooner rather than later if it wasn't for uh, some frigging squatting going on at the top. But um, yeah, I love uh, love that fight. And boy, we could have made a top, what, 25? How many amazing fights were there? What, what didn't make... Oh, you—you had—I couldn't fit a fine of space for um, Shamayev and Burns. Uh, again, maybe if I had been in the same situation as you, Mike, it would have been undeniable. But I mean, that was like our fight of the year lock when it happened, and now I couldn't even make my list. But uh, I'm glad—I'm glad you gave it some recognition, and I'm sure our our, our peers will as well.
3: Absolutely, uh, Thompson Holland's probably another one. Oh, so that was good. a Good honorable mention. Although I—I I just can't put it in my top five. Like it was a, f- yeah. If that fight, if, if Thompson Holland happened in April, it's not on this list at all. Sure. It's sure. not even getting votes. I don't think maybe one, maybe there's a hipster out there. Who gives it one or two, but uh, it wouldn't be even in consideration. I don't think, but I think it's just the timing of the fight. And it was just our expectations going in where it's either going to be wonder boy doing wonder boy things and winning a decision that isn't all that thrilling or Kevin Holland's going to make us really sad by knocking him out and instead we got a battle between the two of them that none of us expected. So it's the expectation factor.
4: Did did uh, oh I had to leave off uh uh Tennessee's own Nate Landwehr. Ah, the train. That hurts me. know
3: that's a tough one too. That
4: hurts me. How did I how can I do how could I give disrespect that fight so much? Oh.
3: That was a great fight.
4: Uh what else I'm looking at our our sort David of Onama. here. What a gamer. I mean David Nam shout shouts to David Onama as well, of course, the other the other half of that fight. Um Oh, Dover McKinney would have been a round of the year. I mean, round of the year yeah. lock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it makes if it makes Bills fight of the year list, no objection whatsoever, but definitely round of the year. uh man, we had some really good ones, eh? Costa yeah. rock Rockhold was just a weird sexy fight. That was just <laughs> that was something else. That was something else. Yes. Uh yeah, so uh, a lot of
3: good. Yeah, a lot of good choices. Yeah, a lot of choices. Yeah, it was uh, the in cage product was was very very exciting this year. Fantastic for the UFC and and others, but. Uh, let's wrap things up with the fighter of the year. Oh, uh, and this this encompasses all fighters, male, male, female. They're all involved here.
4: Yeah, people are gonna be so mad at me.
3: Really? I'm just, I'm just warning you. <laughs> oh, uh, you! I know what you did. No, I, I just, know just
4: have, I know you don't know what I did. I I have. Someone has been left off, and it might Ooh. be
3: controversial. Please, you can't just tease us like this. Let's let's hear it.
4: Well, let me hear. Let, let, no, no, you do your list first, and as soon as you get into the section about the person who I'm pretty sure will be on everyone's list except mine, I will, I will, I will, uh, I will interrupt.
3: Okay, so this is the battle of the Alexes for sure. It's either Alex Pereira or Alex Volkanovsky. and you can make a compelling case for both guys because Alex Volkanovsky was perfect this year. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two, two of the ten best. UFC title defenses in the history of the company were done by Alexander Volkanovsky this year Mm -hmm. against the Korean zombie pitched a perfect game. And then he actually somehow improved upon that and did an even better perfect game against Max Holloway three months later. And now he's going to fight Islam Makachev for the lightweight title in February. Having said that, you got to give it to Alex Pereira, at least for me, Alex Pereira wins it. 3-0, 3-0, and went from unranked to freaking champion. Again, losing the fight to Israel Adesanya. Minute away from losing the fight, and then he gets the TKO, gets it done. So it's Pereira, then Volkanovsky. Number three, Islam Akachev. Who's oh, hold gonna be on. Taking on, hold Mr. on, hold on. Uh, not,
4: No, Islam is on my list. Uh, Alex Volkanovsky is not on my list. What? Alex Volkanovsky is not on my list. That is stunning.
3: Is it? So let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this question. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. If Alex Pereira loses to Israel Adesanya... Yes. Who's your fighter of the year? Uh... Islam Makachev. Wow. Okay. Explain yourself, because I'm, I'm, I'm right. stunned by this.
4: Listen. Alex Alex Volkanovsky, great fighter. Maybe the best fighter in the world today. Uh... First of all, when people see my list, they'll see I kind of went for. Well, I, I shouldn't say I only went for storylines because Alex Volkanovsky becoming the pound for pound greatest friend in the world is certainly a storyline in its own right. Um, oh, my number one is Alex, uh, is Alex Peta, obviously. Uh, so Alex Petra, number one, Islam Makachev, number two. I'll get to the rest of my list in a second, but yes, no Volkanovsky. I'm a huge Volkanovsky fan, I have been for a long time. I think that's what it was for me, is I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, I'll say, um, Someone like say, a Shaheen al-shadi, for example. Uh, they doubted him. I think people I think there were some doubts. there was some doubts about him. I know Shaheen for the longest time was on the I still think Max Holloway is better train. Uh, I think it was Shaheen, right I don't know. I'm throwing Shaheen, I'm throwing Shaheen under the bus right now uh, for just for the sake of it. um but yeah, there' are certainly people out there who thought that oh Max Holloway because the second fight was close I still they weren't ready to anoint Volkanovsky as the best featherweight or whatever, like undisputed. I had done that a long time ago. Like there, there was no doubts in my mind that Volkanovski was far and away the best featherweight in the world. So, so I went through this 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 sort of um, spiritual awakening that I think some people had around Volkanovski this year. Uh, I had gone through that like a year ago. Um, so I'm being a bit of a hipster. I'm a Volkanovski hipster, Mike. I'm not. It's it's. I don't want to see this band anymore. Now that they're now that they've gone mainstream. Um, no, it's not. It's not like that. It's just that uh the 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 zombie fight obviously dominant wins um i'm not going to take it away from him and i thought i thought zombie was like didn't look bad going in but now in retrospect i think it hasn't aged as well we know zombie is pretty much one fight away from retirement he said after the fight like i just didn't feel like you know i, I had it in there and i think i know who saw that all the credit to Volkanovsky. that's not like peak zombie that's you know and again he maybe he kills peak zombie anyway so a, a great tile defense no question just not something that left a huge impact on me and then the holloway win only con- just confirmed what i knew i i know he's better than max Holloway. like i knew that and and now to to st- th- so thoroughly dominate one of the greatest fighters of all time someone considered your greatest rival i get it really impressive but again i i guess because it's just i i expected it um and i and i did not i personally did not um need to need more convincing you know what I mean so both his title defenses this year just didn't propel him that much further in my mind. Um, now, is that a good reason to leave him off the list? Debatable. <laughs> Debatable. Uh, but there's other storylines. There's just other storylines that that just intrigue me more. May- maybe, uh, And uh, you know, now that I'm looking at it, there may be some, uh, some residual breakthrough fighter of the year uh, <laughs> stuff in here. Like, because I don't have that category, I may have snuck them into my fighter of the year list. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. But my... Cont- uh, continue with your list first, and uh, while people sort of process this and get their angry messages ready, I know you were wow. Islam Makachev. Number three, you said.
3: Yes. Uh, number five, I'll put throw in Zhang Weili. Zhang Weili, number five. I mm-hmm. mean, the the win over Joanna and then winning the title, two finishes. I mean, if if we if we were doing female fighter of the year, she's hands down the female fighter number of one. the year. Number one. Number four is Leanne Edwards. One fight, one win. Just, again, much like the knockout, just that one win was enough for me to for him to make this list. Now, I know mm-hmm. there are some people who have argued on heck of the morning that Leanne Edwards should just be the fighter of the year anyways, the number one fighter of the year for that knockout of Kamara Usman, and I just can't do it. Now, if you want to rank him like three, I'm okay with that, but throwing him at number four, I think it is pretty fair. I think it's a pretty fair place to put him. So it's Pereira, Volkanovsky, Makachev, Leon Edwards, Zhang Weili.
4: Uh, Zhang Weili did not make my list. Uh, Leon Edwards did not make my list. So uh, people out there, get the. If you're composing an angry message about the Volkanovski mission, you may want to make that message longer. Uh, I snubbed a few UFC champs on here. Listen, I I may have uh, inadvertently, you know, without even thinking about it, put a cap on how many UFC champs I want to have on my list. I only had Pereira, I only had Makachev, so that left a lot of listen very deserving top stars in MMA out. I I understand that, but I guess for variety's sake, I went and went in different directions. So, uh, one of those directions was Sergey Pavlovich. Uh, I think he will be fighting for a UFC titles soon. I think he could be winning a UFC title soon, depending how all this drama shakes out within Ganu, John Jones, A, Curtis Blades, whoever. He might have this just really weird route to become a UFC champion within the first like six months of 2023. Like this is a realistic thing that could happen. And when you consider that injuries, visa issues had kept him out of competition for like three years. Like, he hadn't fought since 2019 before this calendar year began. Um, and now he's racked up three wins and is a top is top five in his division. Um, make fun of the heavyweight division all you want. That's a hell of an achievement. And he's beaten some good names to get there. So, uh, Sergei is my number three. Number four, maybe the fighter I enjoyed more than anyone else. I had to sneak him in after what he did uh, on the last UFC card of the year. Jude Dover had to make it. Mike had to make my list. I'm sorry. I know he didn't win the UFC titles. I know he pulled out wins in fights that uh, two of the fights he was clear, like Terrence McKinney almost finished him and uh, Bobby Green fight. He was clearly losing only the, Rafa, the Rafael Alves fight. Was he like winning anyway? And then, and then finished him. And that fight was awesome for its own reasons. Cause Rafael Alves is just also insane. So three in- exciting knockouts. Um, and again, very tough division. Is he going to get a ranked guy next? Is he going to be a contender in 2023? I honestly do not care. I just know I had so much fun watching Drew Dober. had to make my list. And then um, I had to go PFL. I'm like I had to go the PFL way. There's a lot of names you could have picked here. Certainly, uh, Larissa Pacheco, I mean, would have been a great choice. I think uh, Olivia Aubin-Mercier was a, kind of a sneaky one as well. Um, even um, uh, uh, who's the, the middleweight? Rob Wilkinson? Oh, light heavyweight. Rob Wilkinson? Yep. Rob Wilkinson. Yep. What the hell? The dude's a millionaire and just his fights were exciting. <laughs> uh, but I. But, you know, listen, I'll go with the one that everyone was... Probably talk besides Pacheco, everyone was talking about the most uh, Brendan Lochne. I mean, just going from that that contender series. I know he doesn't want that contender series Dana White comment to be hanging over him for the rest of his career. I I understand that, but it is a huge part of his story. Um, a guy who was a veteran before that uh, has had to climb and uh, crawl and climb his way back to a prominent position, uh, even after that, and now. Uh, winning a PFL championship, one million dollars—just a great story. Just the, the kind of thing you only see in uh, you only see in MMA. So uh, Brendan had to make my list, and uh, he's really just just kind of flying the flag for all these uh, some some pretty cool PFL stories we had this year.
3: I like your list, AK. Hmm. I like your list. I appreciate the the hipster vibes. Yes, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs>
4: I'm sorry, Alex Volkanovski. Again, he beats Islam. God. I, I he's 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 locking into that number 1 spot uh as long as he fights probably one of he might not even need to fight another time if he beats Islam he might just, I just I'm just he's sitting in that number 1 spot uh for the next like 10 months
3: <laughs> Yeah um I'm stunned I I am I'm, I'm stunned <laughs> I'm stunned by all of this um, um but it's okay but it's all right that's what we do these it is uh it is based on the vibes—it's—it's—it's it's, it's based on individual vibes. Like I probably have some things ranked higher than they probably should be, and—and and here you are.
4: And listen, doing, Mike, we doing are the damn thing. We are heroes for putting ourselves out there because not everyone, I think, is going to reveal their uh, their. Or sorry, all our ballots will be revealed. Uh, people look for those on MAFighting.com. dot com. Every article has yes that beautiful write-ups for the top five and then the bottom we always put a chart of the exact voting where who we voted for who voted for what um where we ranked them so you can shout at us individually there but mike you and i are right now putting ourselves on wax as it were <laughs> figuratively speaking uh and defending ourselves and leaving ourselves open to the public because listen, us bring it on we welcome it we welcome it this is our life
3: Yeah, I have no idea how this is all going to play out. Uh, There's like ten other people who are voting in this panel, so this could be the wackiest awards we've ever had. And they're going to start being revealed. I think Connor Brooks is in there. Connor Brooks is in there, I think, right? First time. He is. Yeah, he's the first time panelist. She's and yeah, Connor's got takes, man. Connor's got takes. (laughs) He's got views. Uh, He looks at things uh, through a different lens sometimes. So this could be the wackiest awards season we've ever had and it's going to start on Sunday Uh, we'll have write ups every single day 27th the 27th which is a Tuesday we'll have our full on award show for you to check out Uh, you can watch listen to it right here on the podcast network that's coming up Tuesday December 27th 2022 and I believe on the 30th there's going to be another write up with like the best of the rest yes we'll just have like different awards a round table of different awards that we didn't get to but we wanted to honor those winners as well. Uh last thing before you go AK, wanted to get your reaction to MMA fanmanship becoming more expensive, especially in oh, North boy. America. 79.99 for UFC pay-per-views on ESPN Plus. Now, I don't think this affects you per se. Does it? Did your pay-per-view know. prices get jacked I, up in Canada? I don't I don't think it did. Honestly,
4: I'm not sure it did last time either uh the the, la- the a year ago i don't know if we got the a bump so i think we're okay i think we're sitting pretty up here we got other problems but uh more expensive ufc pay-per-views in canada i'm pretty sure is not uh not an issue again this is listen a- a- as dana white somewhat correctly points or pointed out last time this happened it's a espn decision it's not a uh it's not a ufc decision um that said i'm sure uh i'm sure ufc uh, dana white and uh some of the fine folks that the UFC are not uh, exactly protesting it, and I'm sure are benefiting from this uh, price increase. So, um, but yes, it, it is it is an ESPN ESPN Plus thing. Uh, we have a whole separate thing of um, order. We we still have our own, just like paper, order from pay per view, um, uh, a separate pay per view channel up here. So, doesn't affect us, but for my my friends in uh, in uh, the the lower 52, um, 52. How many states do you guys have, Mike? Fifty. 50. Yeah, I knew that. Listen, I'm I'm at university. Uh For you guys, that's tough, man. I, I and it's only going to keep going up like $5 every year if they wanted to. As as long maybe I don't know what the tipping point is. Maybe this is it. Maybe I'm wrong. It's going to be 100 it,
3: by 2025, it's going to be 100. You think bucks. so? I know yep, I 100%
4: Maybe I don't know. Like maybe seventy, maybe eighty is a big difference from seventy-five for some people. That extra five, just just the optics of it, just the optics of it. But again, I would have thought last year that uh, the price increase would have scared some people away. Clearly, it didn't. Clearly, um, the UFC uh, UFC and ESPN are pretty happy with how things are going, and obviously, they feel they can they can take uh, take take more. And regarding, of course, will this how will this how this will affect fighters? I have to read this hilarious tweet from this tweet exchange from our pals, Errol Hawani and Chuck Mendenhall. Uh Errol uh, quote tweets, you know, uh, uh, the, the price increase and says, surely this means fighter pay will also go up. Being a little sarcastic, of course. And uh, Chuck responds, correct. Uh, fighters will pay a little more for pay-per-views in 2023, just like everyone else. So uh, that made me <laughs> laugh. And uh, such a grim, just dark reflection of of uh, how the, the current uh, UFC and ESPN business model works today. But... So it is, Mike. So it is.
3: So it is indeed. Well, yeah, it sucks uh, for our American fans. Eighty bucks, and if there's taxes and fees attached Damn. to these bad boys too. So now we're you're looking at like eighty five bucks. And for, you're subscribe,
4: and you're, you're subscribed to ESPN Plus. Like you need a subscription to this service, right?
3: Which also went up. Yeah, which also went up. To six ninety nine, so that went up two that's bucks wild. too. We so don't have that.
4: that. We don't have that here. Like I said, yeah, uh, we have it on our uh, you know part of our cable package on TSN. Uh, that's for fight nights and everything else, and then the pay per view is just a separate. No need to subscribe to anything; just a separate cost thing.
3: Well, wow. With that said, it's on to award season. It's on to celebrate the rest of the holiday season. Not sure if we're going to be doing another show next week, but AK, we got some stuff going down. Uh, no, on to the next one this weekend, but next no. weekend we begin our two part predictions extravaganza. Mm-hmm. For on to the next one uh, coming up, New Year's Day it'll be our 2022 predictions recap to see how we did. Oh no, uh, we didn't do we didn't do great, but we didn't do horrible. <laughs> I'll say that uh, our spicy we caliente takes were actually. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll get into all of that stuff. I listened to it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "We're pretty good." I was like, "Wow, we're rolling here." And then I was like, "Ooh, we we're we're not good at this." Uh, and that's just a reminder to you guys as well. Submit your buy sell questions. We got a bunch of them already uh, for the 2023 predictions extravaganza. Think outside the box. Have some fun with it. You can submit them anywhere. You submit. You're on to the next one. Master They've been sending them in, Mike.
4: They've been sending them in my, my inbox. It's already it's already starting to get packed. We Love it. Keep them coming. Keep them coming, people.
3: Keep them coming. Yep. 25 to 30. We'll go through them and then we'll predict UFC champions at the end of the year. We'll have our We Caliente hot take of the year, bold prediction, so forth and so on. So, still some fun stuff happening on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network and on our YouTube channel. So, we appreciate all the support. We appreciate all the love. And even if you didn't like what we were doing this year, you still listened, you still watched, and we love you for it. So, For AK, I am Mike Keck. Thank you very much. Back on BTL in 2023. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook